We're going to turn to Philippians chapter number 1 this morning. Philippians chapter 1. I want to give you a few thoughts here this morning from the book of Philippians. Everything that God wants to do, Satan desires to resist. Everything. You know Satan's whole goal is to resist everything God wants to do. He wants to resist the church. He wants to resist your home. He wants to resist your marriage. He wants to fight. We need to remember that there is an adversary. His name is Satan. Walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. His goal is to destroy you. Do you know that? How many of you know that? Say amen. amen. Did you wake up this morning realizing that? We don't wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Spiritual wickedness. Satan is your adversary. And he desires to destroy everything that God wants to bless. He wants to destroy it. We've been studying Paul. Now, I know we've looked at the book of 1 Timothy. We've looked at 1 Corinthians. We've looked at different passages of scriptures the last couple of weeks. I come to the book of Philippians as well. Look with me in verse number one. Paul says this, Paul and Timotheus, or Timothy. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of, the Lord, of, of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which were at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. Paul is writing to the church of Philippi, to the Philippian church. Alongside of him, he has a man named Timothy. Now, we know who Timothy is because we studied when he first met Timothy. Timothy was a young man, and, and uh, we saw in the book of Acts where Paul was, was teaching and preaching, and Timothy's father was unsaved, and Timothy's mother was saved, and his grandmother were saved, and they had a great testimony, and Timothy had a great testimony. And something that Paul saw in Timothy, he said, I need to invest myself in that young man. We find where he took Timothy with him. And begin to share with Timothy everything he knew about God. Probably every conversation and everything that God had given to Paul, Paul now is giving this to Timothy because Paul knew this, that one day Paul was going to die. Matter of fact, the book of Philippians tells us that Paul desired that. We find this, look with me in verse number 20 of Philippians chapter 1, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that is in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that which with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. He looks, look with me in verse number 23, for I am in a strait betwixt two. Having desired to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, Paul is ready to see a Savior. He's ready to depart. Paul's lived his life. Paul's been beaten. Paul is in prison here as he's writing this book to the Philippian church. He's been stoned. He's been abused. He's been lied about. He's tired. And he says, if I had my way, I'd go see Jesus. He said, I'd, I've fought the battles that I'm supposed to face. 
And Paul understood this is not a battle. He wasn't battling against the Jews that were rejecting Christ. He wasn't battling against the Pharisees that were upset because Paul was, was uh, 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 preaching Jesus. He wasn't battling against the Sadducees that were upset because Paul was preaching of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul knew this. His enemy was Satan. He knew that. And so Paul says, if I had my desire, if I had my way... I'm ready to see Jesus. You ever been tired? Hmm? Paul's tired. Paul's tired. Paul is taking this young man and he's investing in the life of Timothy. He knows that he must pour himself into this generation behind him for the gospel's sake. Paul knew this. If this gospel is going to go forward, then I need to invest in the life of men like Timothy and Titus. I need to make sure that they have strength. They are doctrinally sound so that the Word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ goes forward. It can't end, even though Paul's tired. The gospel can't end because we're tired. The gospel's got to go forth. I want to give you three, three thoughts here, and I am... I'm well aware of the time, and I know that we added more time here with the Lord's table, but I want to just get right into these three things here today. Would you promise me this? Would you listen closely? Would you listen closely? Did I promise you? If you'll allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to you today, you will be helped. Paul is going to give us some counsel here on how to live our life. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter who you are. The counsel that Paul is going to give us here in the book of Philippians, it will help you. It'll help you. It'll help you get back on track if you're off the wrong track. It'll help you in your relationship with the Lord. It'll help you in your relationship with your spouse. It'll help you in your relationship with your friends. This will help you this morning if you allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to you. Verse number 20, Paul says this, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Paul is saying, I'm hoping my earnest expectation is everything that I've said, everything that I've done, my life, my testimony, I, my earnest expectation is that I'm not ashamed of how I'm living. He goes on to say this in the same verse, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. What Paul is saying is this, I want to live my life in such a way that Jesus Christ is magnified. I want my testimony to be that, Paul, you lived your life for Jesus Christ was magnified in your life. I want you to write this down. Number one, Paul is teaching us something here. He's teaching us that your purpose must be right in your life. You know, every single one of us are living for something. Something's important to you. You know what was important to Paul? That his life mattered for Jesus Christ. That's what was important to Paul. 
Paul wanted to live so that when others spoke of him, they spoke of Jesus Christ. Paul lived his life in such a way that his purpose was that Jesus Christ was magnified in his life. You know, Paul on his tombstone, every one of us are going to have a tombstone, and on that tombstone it may say, you know, the date, the date that you were born and the date that you died, but often, often it dis, uh, ascribes something about you. And you know what Paul was saying? I want it written on my tombstone that he magnified Jesus Christ. It ought to be said of each and every one of us, our desires ought to be that we magnify Jesus Christ. We li must live right in order to do that. Our motives must be right in order to do that. Our life must be lived for Jesus Christ. And what Paul was saying, he's saying this, I'm at a place in my life, I'm tired, I'm imprisoned, I'm, 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 I'm getting older, I know that I'm not going to be here much longer, I realize that my generation is going to be gone, there's a generation of ten Timothy that's coming forward and they're going to be leading and I, I pray I'm pouring myself into Timothy so that Timothy has the right doctrine has the right teaching and he's able to lead the church but what Paul is saying is this for my life I want to live a life that's unashamed for the gospel of Jesus Christ I don't want anything that I do I don't want anything that I say to be a hindrance to the gospel of Jesus Christ I want to ask you this question. What are you living for? What's your purpose in life? What are you living for? What satisfies you? Does more money satisfy you? Do things satisfy you? Do addictions satisfy you? What are you living for? See, a lot of times we go through life and life isn't what we want and, and a lot of times we're not happy and we say we don't have joy. And the reason why I believe for many Christians is they're trying to find joy in something that never gives joy. They're trying to find satisfaction in something that never gives satisfaction. They're trying to find hope in something that never gives hope. And what Paul was saying in verse number 20, I want to live my life with purpose. And the purpose of my life is that everything I do, every decision I make, every conversation I have, everything about me magnifies Jesus Christ. Has every conversation that you've had today, has it magnified Jesus Christ? conversations you had this morning when you woke up, the conversation you had with your spouse, was it magnifying Jesus Christ? Conversations you've had today as you come to the house of God, are they magnifying Jesus Christ? What's your thoughts? What's your purpose? Isn't it amazing that we'll chase so many things in this world? We'll chase so many desires in this world only to get to that place and come up empty. What Paul is suggesting, what Paul is giving us is that our desires, our purpose, it must be right. And the only purpose that's right for the believer is that our lives are spent magnifying Jesus Christ. Do other people see Jesus in you? Or do they see you? 
Do they see your anger? Do they see your bitterness? Do they see your pride? Do they see your jealousy? Do they see the way you handle problems? Or do you live a life in such a way where people take notice? There's something different about that person. Well, when troubles come, they handle them differently. Paul is at a place where Paul is in prison. Paul is in bondage. Paul is not in a place where he desires to be. All because he's preaching the name of Jesus Christ. And you know what Paul says? I wouldn't change a thing. I'm not living my life so that I have, I have riches on this earth. I'm not living my life so I have prestige upon this earth. I'm not living my life so that my flesh is fulfilled upon this earth. I'm living my life in such a way where those upon this earth see me and say, that must be what Jesus Christ is like. Paul points out this. Number one, our purpose must be right. And that purpose is that we're magnifying Jesus Christ. I want you to see in verse number 23, Paul goes on to say this, for I am in a strait betwixt two. I'm in a dilemma. I've got a problem, is what he's saying. I've got a situation on my hands. And what he says is this, he goes on to say I'm a, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ which is far better you know what he says I want to see Jesus it's far better he says I'm tired of this wicked world I'm tired of seeing what sin does tired of seeing people walk away from the cause of Christ. I'm giving my life. I'm investing my life into men like Timothy who's sitting here with me in bondage. Preaching the gospel. I'm trying to get believers to, to, to walk right. I'm trying to get unsafe people to see that Jesus Christ is the answer. I'm trying to preach the gospel so that, that lives are changed. He says, I'm ready to see Jesus. My hope, my desire, my want is to be done with this. It would be far greater for me to pass from this world into heaven. I can sit at the feet of Jesus. I can rejoice. I can see my Savior. If I had to choose, that's what I would do. But he says this, look with me, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Secondly, I want you to write this down. Paul not only lived a life of purpose and that, pur that purpose was to magnify Jesus, Paul is instructing us to live our lives so that others find purpose in Christ also. You know what he was saying? I've lived my life to where my purpose for living is Jesus Christ. And I'm ready to go. He says, but though for your sake, I've got to stay. And I've got to stay because I want to teach you how to find purpose in your life. 
You know, every Christian ought to be living in such a way where the purpose of their life is to magnify Jesus and they're instructing and helping others to find purpose in their life as well. I, I want so badly, I want to invest in my family. I want to invest in our church. I want my wife to know and to feel and to understand that my responsibility to her isn't just so that she meets my needs. I'm happy in my marriage as long as, as, as she's meeting my needs. No, I'm happy in my marriage when I'm helping her in her relationship with Christ. I want my children to know that their father loves the Lord and every decision I make, I want to point them to Jesus Christ. I want their lives to matter. If they grow up and they become the most successful person in the world and they don't live a life of Jesus, it'll, it'll wound my spirit and my soul. I want to help others. I want to pastor a church in such a way where I help you in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was living in such a way where he said this, I, I am living my life to magnify Jesus. There's nothing else that matters in life. Put me in prison, stone me, uh, uh, make fun of me, mock me. I don't care what you do. I'm living my life so that Jesus Christ matters. It doesn't matter. Riches don't matter. Fame doesn't matter. A house doesn't matter. Vehicles don't matter. A bank account doesn't matter. None of those things matter. I want to live my life so that Jesus Christ is magnified. And secondly, he said this, I want to be here to help you live the same life. Be easier for me to see the Lord. Be easier for me to see death because I'm not afraid of death because I know what comes with death. I get to see Jesus. That's why Paul could be stoned and be beaten. The worst they could do, the worst they could do is physically wound him. If they took his life, he's in the presence of Jesus. Paul said this, I know that I need to be here. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If you get anything, please hear me. Live your life in such a way where you're helping somebody else have a relationship with the Lord. You can go to every single one of your children's ball games. You can be a part of every, you can enroll them so they become the greatest athlete in all the world. But teach them, instruct them, help them have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to me, you could buy your spouse everything they ever want. You could go through that checklist and say, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. But if you're missing, if you're missing the purpose is to help them have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're missing the purpose. Listen, you'll never find joy. You'll never find true joy in any relationship if that relationship is not first centered around Jesus Christ. You won't. You won't. We've got a marriage conference coming up here in the next month or so. Every marriage needs a tune-up. You know what that tune-up is? Inserting Jesus Christ once again. 
making that you're sure your conversation and your desires and your actions are all centered around Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus is the answer. You place the cross in any situation and you'll find the answer. Any need you have, you place Jesus Christ in the middle of that need and you found the answer. What Paul was saying is Paul says this, I'd rather be gone. I don't want to live this life anymore. It's a, it's a life of, of misery. It's a life of hurt. It's a life of frustration. But I know this. It's better for me to be here. Why? Because I want to help you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Who are you investing in? Who are you investing in? Who's your Timothy? Who's the one that you can't wait to pour the Word of God into? Who's the one that you bring alongside and, and you help and you instruct them and you teach them and you help them understand the Word of God? Who's that one? Listen to me, every Christian ought to have somebody they're investing in. Every Christian ought to have somebody that you're making a, a difference in their life. Every Christian ought to be living a, a life in such a way where it magnifies Jesus Christ and then they're late taking that life and taking that example and they're giving it to somebody else so they too can live a life that magnifies Jesus Christ. Who are you helping to become more like Christ? That was the reason Paul wanted to stay. That's the reason why Paul said, I, I'm betwixt between two. I, I want to be gone. I want to be out of this world. I want to see my Savior. But for your sake, I want to stay here. Paul found that investing himself in helping somebody else have a relationship with his God was satisfying. What satisfies you? What satisfies you? When you walk along some Christian, they're closer to the Lord now because of your influence in their life. Does that satisfy you? Paul lived a life in such a way where his life magnified the Lord. Paul lived a life in such a way where his involvement in others gave purpose to their life. And then lastly, and I'll be done, I want you to see this. The Bible says this in verse number 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. Get this, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind. Circle these two words, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Thirdly, I want you to see this, that Paul is teaching us that we together ought to be single-focused. That's why the Bible says that we're not to be unequally yoked. You can't strive together for the sake of the gospel if you're unequally yoked. Because one's going one's to have one direction and the other's going to want to go to another direction and there's no striving together when there's no togetherness. The only, way, the only way that you could have a godly marriage if both are striving together for the gospel. 
The only way that we have a godly church is if together we're striving together for the gospel. You see, there's so many issues and there's so many problems. And the reason why is because we get off focus. We're no longer one mind. We're no longer one spirit. We're no longer striving together for the gospel's sake. We're striving, all right, but it's not together any longer. You take the desire, you take the zeal, you take the enthusiasm, you take the gospel, getting the gospel to a a lost and dying world, you take that out of the believer's marriage, you take that out of the believer's home, you take that out of the church, and their purpose is gone. Paul was saying is, I want to live my life in such a way that their purpose is the gospel. I want to live my life in such a way to help you find purpose in your life. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that together we're striving with one mind and one one heart and one, one spirit. So the gospel goes forth. Listen to me. Every relationship that you have ought to be furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ. This church, its purpose, its zeal, its desire ought to be to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no way to strive together with one mind in one heart if we have any other desires. Every marriage ought to be striving together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. God puts you together so that he becomes magnified. He didn't put you together so that you get. If all my marriage is going to be happy when my wife does everything I want and everything I need, that's not the purpose of my marriage. The purpose of my marriage is for me to be Godward and magnify Jesus Christ and to help my spouse be everything that she can be for the gospel's sake so that we together can promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. You take that out of any relationship and you're doomed. You take that out of the church and the church is doomed. You take that out of a Christian's life and you are doomed. The only one way that you can have one mind, the only way that you can have one spirit, the only way that we can strive together is if the gospel of Jesus Christ is the center of everything we do. I threw some of you off, I'm sure, by having the Lord's table in the middle of the service. You say, why'd you put it in the middle of the service? Because I wanted to put it in the middle of what we did today focus on Jesus Christ I know some of you are looking in the Bible are you allowed to do it in the middle of the service I don't know if he can do this but we did Jesus is the focus of everything we do he took an offering while we were standing and singing there's got to be a verse in a chapter to go against that we did because we ought to lift our voices up and sing as we're worshiping through giving Listen, we got so many that are running and trying to find hope and trying to find contentment and trying to find love and trying to find joy and you're running away from the gospel. The only way to find it is running to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says this, I live my life to magnify Jesus. I live my life to help you magnify Jesus. 
And when I'm right, and when you're right, we together get to strive for the gospel of Jesus Christ.